1: Sans Fans Radio keeps with them. Oh, my God, my fucking mouth. Did you know we do a Dungeons & Dragons podcast? I know, super-added character for us. Like, what? Get the fuck out of here. But it's true. It's called d and for Nerds, and don't worry if you've never rolled a D20, it's almost been two years, and I still haven't. So, if you want an entertaining yarn that doesn't take itself too seriously, until it does, search for D&D for Nerds on iTunes or wherever you find good podcasts. Welcome to another episode of Movie Maintenance where some films just need fixing. Today
2: we're looking at Aragon. So, I brought some donuts here today. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm gonna right into this. Because if, oh. if we're gonna talk about Aragon, <laughs> I wanna be in a good space, because I'm gonna get mad. I don't yeah, like no. getting mad, you know? I was know?
1: about to make a joke, but I'm like, my mouth is full of donuts, so I'm like, no, here we are. Yeah, i just going to have a bite of donut before I inevitably burst into my opinions. <laughs>
2: yeah. um, of which I have many yeah, in, no. in this particular property. These donuts are going to keep me calm. Yeah. Me thinking cool. about how the movie, you know, didn't Aragon. have the budget to have actual dwarves and have the dwarven <laughs> king be the same height as all the other people. Well, again, or how they, you know, didn't give yeah. the Urgles horns or Not anything like that because that's the too just, expensive. Just blokes? Bu- like, See, I. They went to the local works and said, mm-hmm. anyone
1: who's over 6'2", come with us. You're an Urgle. I was like, it's one of the only films I've ever walked out on. I, I actually did you ha- see walk out? I have it? not. I have not finished this film. I've not seen the second did half. of Did you see film. it at the movies? Yeah, and you walked out. I was like, "This, no, thank you." Fucking hell! This is a
2: horrible movie. But I, I, just, seen I, it. I just couldn't. I just couldn't.
1: Wow! I've
2: maybe seen this film a dozen times.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it a fair few myself. Um, look, I've got. A, I've got a really, really weird connection with this this mm. book and film because, like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like up front, we'll get into this a bit when I get into my maintenance, but like, this is as much a maintenance of the book as it is of the film.
1: No, fair enough. Um, but
0: I'll get, I'll get into that. So, Whatever do you look, mean? <laughs> yeah, what, what's, what's wrong with it? No, I look, I read the book when I was, I think I was 14, and I read the book, I think I got it from the school library, and I loved it. I really, really loved it. Yep. Like, I read it, I read it in a few days, I remember like, being in the back of the car and long car rides with my parents, yes. and I just could not put this <laughs> book down. I'm like sure I was like, like the same walking thing. Into the cinema- with the really, book, I got up to uh, my nose. <laughs> not not see the movie, but like for oh, a different right. thing. Okay. I was obsessed.
2: I have the same thing with the second book, eldest, because I, oh, I, yeah, I got that from the I yeah. got from the library, and I demolished that thing. And it's not a small book, mm. but I demolished that in an afternoon. Just sat down, mm. was like, "This is okay. Yeah. This is me."
1: I think it hit me like the first book in that in that right time, that right moment, where I'm like, oh, sick, good dragons, yes." Yeah. Without like the the critical part of my head being like derivative as fuck, derivative mm. as fuck. So I shoot my own mouth with done up. Yeah. That's oh, fine. I've knocked my mic. That's super good. We're professionals but, here. Hey, no, we, we know what we're doing. Hey, guys,
2: we're just having a chill talk about Aragon. It's fine. It's man. fine. We're all no one get It's good. It's but, perfect good for we're you. We're coming from a
0: foundation of relaxation <laughs> and warmth, which is good. Because God knows a tower of rage is going to be built <laughs> on this foundation of relaxation. No, nah, um, it's fine. No, no man, I, I remember like reading the first one and the second one, mm. which I read in very close succession. And yeah. I... I, I I cannot put into words how much I
1: loved these books. Yeah, like it was like, all I thought yeah. about. I and
2: was, I was hanging out for the release of the mm. third and fourth book. Oh shit! Yeah, I mean, again, and and credit it was only where it
1: credits due. That like the author it was like fourteen when he wrote it. Yeah,
2: so yeah, well done. This is an incredible achievement. And, and exactly. on top
1: of that, it's it really is
0: that quintessential hero's journey, like. You see yourself, you want to be Aragon. You see yourself as Aragon. He's that blank slate protagonist you project yourself onto. You want to go and have adventures adventure with Safira and rescue mm. Arya, the sexy elf lady, and, like, hang out with mm. Murtagh, who was cool. And he like, was, all of, so he was so fucking cool. cool. He wore he was dark like clothing. A, That's how I you knew know. he was
1: cool. He which... was like, oh, man, he's, he's like your cool older brother. Yeah. Oh, he, 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 he is, is your, is your cool, cool old older <laughs> brother. Oh, okay. There all we right. go. What do you that know? That was hmm.
2: so close to me getting coffee everywhere.
0: Um... But I, th- I think I, man, I, I, so distinctly remember the moment like, where it hit home, and it was, it was one of the most awful, I think, betrayals I've ever felt. Mm. Was when I think I was in the heart of my Aragon obsession. I'd read the first two books. I'd watched the movie, which I told everyone I hated, but secretly loved, <laughs> and
2: because I, mean, I just,
0: I, I, really loved arrogant. It's a horrendous
2: guys. film that I bought in DVD, and I've watched. I bought it the day it came times. out, and then bought the special edition. Oh, wow. I watched it with and the director's commentary. Oh, yeah, I had the video wow. game. Pretty good video game. I played a video game too, actually. You guys
1: are braver men than (laughs) I. (laughs) I actually committed to this video
2: game? Shit, I was such a fan of
0: this fucking franchise, and then some fucker pointed out that it is the (laughs) plot of Star Wars set in the world of Lord of the Rings. And I accept. There's there's a there is an addendum to this story, but it hit me, and something I was like, okay, so fuck. Um, About 17 years before the story starts, an evil emperor Mm -hmm. betrays Mm -hmm. the. Ancient sacred order that, like, are the guardians of peace and justice well, in the old crazy. republic. I mean, the um, yeah. the Allegazia. and <laughs> basically, then you know, they get wiped out, mm-hmm. and then seventeen years later, um, the main character who lives lives on a farm in Tatooine with his. I'm sorry, um, um, lives at <laughs> a farm in a Carver Hall with his mm-hmm. uncle. And oh, then Carvel. Carvel, that's a name yeah. I that's- haven't heard. In a I while. saw it on the wiki today. And um, <laughs> and then he gets told by by an old hermit who lives nearby, who is actually yep. the last member of this ancient order. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> yeah,
0: tells that him that yeah. uh, that he's destined to be like the the new bastion of hope for said order, and that his father was like this important member of the order. And then they go and they they rescue a princess. From the stronghold of the evil dark person. And then in the process, the mentor dies and they hook up with a mysterious stranger who takes them to the rebellion where they get attacked, where they have a fight. And he defeats the servant of the Dark Lord, but not the Dark Lord. And in the process, sees his destiny as, you know, the new bastion of Hope. In the second book, he goes to train with the other old leftover member of this ancient <laughs> order who lives in a fucking forest. <laughs> And then at the end, how cool. he abandons his training early to go and save his friends oh. who are in trouble, yeah. only to learn that the Dark Lord's, like, sidekick was actually his brother all along. Yeah. Like, shit. really? Guys. Yeah. I mean, come on. I'm out of coffee. <laughs> and it begins. And, and but you know what? Like, when I, when I kind of learned that, that, that burnt me pretty bad. <clears throat> and I remember, like, going around. I, I, I think it was one of those things where it's like... Mm. It's like, maybe it's like when somebody breaks up with you and you insist on finding any excuse to rag on that person, oh, even though enough. nobody cares. Yeah. So, like, I would go around it's to very everyone. Very different experiences. And Maybe. But I would go around to everyone and be kind of like... You fucking Aragon! Like, we haven't read Aragon. What are you talking about? I was like, no, <laughs> well, don't read Aragon. It's shit. And they're like, why do you care so much? Like, Just don't read it. It's a shit book. I told anyone who was listening about how shit Aragon was. That how it was the worst thing ever. I was like, no, this book's fucking awful. It's shit. I hate it. It's the worst. I remember like seeing the posters for the third one cropping up like a couple of years later, and being like telling telling people even more. Fuck the poster for fucking third book. Fucking mm-hmm. Brazinga, stupid name, stupid book. You know, it was a Star Wars ripoff. Fucking Aragon. I hate it. It's the worst. The day the book came out, I was like,
1: Mum, can you buy me this book? <laughs> yep. yep. And I'll turn through it in two please. days. Ooh,
0: um, yeah. yeah. So,
1: so And yeah. I bought the fourth one I read the fourth one yeah. as well. And you know I don't think I did read the fourth one now think about it. But Inheritons. I remember I
0: actually remember Nozamet specifically, this is early, early mm, days mm, sans mm, pants, mm. like 2012, yeah, which wow. is when it came out. I remember you were driving me to the studio at La Trobe yes. and I was reading Inheritance in the Back Seat, and you were sitting in the front seat and you were like, Is that a uh, is that <laughs> And I was like, Yeah. And you kind of like you, you sort of like glanced around for a second, <laughs> making sure like nobody was listening. Then you were like, I think Em's was in the front seat, and then you kind of looked at me and you're like, Is it any good? (laughs) (laughs) "Eh, It
2: is pretty good, actually.
0: (laughs) Which I didn't think after I finished it, but in the process, that ending
2: wasn't stellar. But I don't really remember how it ended. To be honest, honest, I don't really. I might read the Spark Notes. I remember there was something Mm -hmm. about like a dude with a dragon's head, and he found like they found this massive vault of dragon eggs. Yeah, it was real dumb. It It was. I don't remember. Very uh, Deus Ex Machina.
1: But there there was some really cool moments in the book. Like like the whole thing where he Uh, was. Overall, um... I
2: think the series is, is. it's, it's derivative fine. and it's unoriginal, but, but it's, hey, it's fine. fine. It
1: definitely deserved a better film adaptation oh, than it yes. got. But like, you know, the scene in in the thing that's in the second book where he's making the um, sword, like that yeah. was real cool. How he's describing how he's forging his like his new sword, and that was a really really cool. Like, also uh, in moment. that book,
2: I was thinking about it in the car. Here, I was like, mm. what did I like about that series? And I remember they cursed uh, the soldiers, the enemy soldiers, so they couldn't feel pain, and mm. they'd just like be a gentle tickling, <laughs> and it was really creepy. I don't like, remember that. Every time they get stabbed or get shot with an arrow, mm. they just laugh like like it's from crossed or something. Oh, yeah. that's just creepy as fuck. It's creepy so, as fuck, but were was, was really cool, really
1: cool moments. Oh. And like the bit where um, they're working out how to fund their army, and she's like, "Well, we can use a bit of magic, and we can just do some some like weaving or like whatever it was. Was it weaving or knitting don't, or something I, I like do that, not or making remember. clothes? I remember when his brother army.
2: got all up and wrestled one of the Urgles. That was pretty savage. Oh, that was you know that was one
0: thing I really liked that came in in the third book. Was the thing with the Urgles? Well, like, you know, Urgles Tolkien, being like... When a, the Urgles come, yeah. come in, they're like, yeah, no, we've been oppressed by Galvatorics <laughs> for years. We're on your side. And then Aragorn was like, I'm going to let Urgles be dragon riders and fuck anyone who disagrees with me. Yeah, like, yeah that's, that's good. You wouldn't get that True in Tolkien. Cool.
2: That's, that's you yeah, know, that's... I like well the whole done. Brothers arc as well. He's been like, no, I'm just going to have a little revolt. Wait, or yeah. Roran, you mean? Yeah. I like his little thing. He grew yeah. a massive beard, and I like that. It's funny now that I look good.
0: back at it, because I'm like, Roran is pretty much Perrin from yeah. from Wheel of Time. He has the exact same storyline. And a beard. <laughs> and a beard. Just like and Perrin. And a Does hammer, he... just like mm. Perrin.
2: Does he kick people, like, six feet away from them? I remember that in the books. Polony has, like, no real
1: idea of distance. No. No. And there were some really cool kind of concepts uh, when he's getting blessing that child. I thought that was a really cool idea. Oh, that yeah. was great. Yeah, yeah, when it was like, I'm going to shield this child oh, from that pain. Oh, that child was creepy Yeah. Elva? Yeah. Elva?
0: Yeah, that yeah she so. was... Elva, yeah. And she just kept coming to the room and saying weird things and vomiting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I forgot about
2: her, yeah. Not so... in the film. Oh, nope. No, nope. It didn't turn up. But deleted like, did... scene uh, of him yeah? blessing the child. Oh, really? There's all this weird shit, and like, they just deleted they just, the twins. Yeah. The twins were in the... And they shot the twins, mm-hmm. but they cut the twins out from the final film. Of course. And they killed the Razak. Why did they do that? I forgot about that it
1: yeah, doesn't
0: make any sense like all these things it's like
2: wow you really were not
0: hedging your bets on getting a sequel were you it's just an, it's an
2: appalling mm. movie like it's,
0: it was and, and it's I like, didn't finish it what I think is like really funny about the film <clears> is like <throat> the book has its derivative elements yeah. and by elements yeah. I mean the whole thing <laughs> yeah. but like he was 16 the, or 40 we yeah were. yeah he's, it's five, five, he's little it is what it is but um you know I, I feel like I feel like we don't need to give Christopher Paolini a ton of sympathy here because he was a 15 year old who became a millionaire yeah. he's he doesn't care what we say about him that it's, said, though, also he yes, seems like a bit of a was,
2: neckbeard lord, which he does, is fantastic. He does seem like
0: but a then totally again,
1: neckbeard. he was—he still lives with his parents. I love that boy. Really? Even yeah. now, oh, nah, yeah. nah. He sold me. But he, <laughs> he, remember, he's, he was—he wrote this when he was like what, fifteen years old, and we're all between twenty and thirty years old talking about a bit of fiction that he wrote. So yeah. well oh, done here. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's...
1: that's <laughs> we, joke's on us. Yeah. The joke is literally on us. Got us again, us. Christopher. Uh,
0: because we are not as successful as you and probably never will be. Yeah. Um, so, but, so I reserve the right to criticise the fuck out of you because I'm bitter. <laughs> because my 15-year-old fiction should have paid me millions of dollars. Slasher, my Psycho Science of the Lambs ripoff. No, was, I wrote, was
1: great. Hey, uh,
2: man, I got a lot of yeah. faith in Boone Shepard, even if you don't.
1: <laughs> Thank you for being you, mate. I remember I wrote like a, I haven't a, read a short yet, story. Oh, it's good, though. <laughs> That's right. uh, a Short story about, it's kind of like was, was, was from the first-person perspective of someone kind of like, you know, it was almost like fucking someone, right? So, like, this idea of someone kind of talking their way through, like, whatever you do, just don't come quickly, right? So, it's like, don't pull the trigger quickly, whatever, like, use that kind of word. But it is all about basically a sniper taking a shot. And the oh, it was the sort of the, um, the big oh, yeah. tail end. That was my 15. Oh, no, I think what was 17 was that.
0: I wrote a serial killer thriller called Slasher about a guy oh, with a split sick. personality and how so he liked it. I mean, it was, it was saw <laughs> Science of the Lands and Psycho thrown into a pot, <laughs> not mixed
2: together especially well, with like, yeah, Yeah, just, the it, main character. I remember was called my 15 year old writing thing. I started writing a Vietnam War movie.
1: Well, all right then. Basically,
2: Christopher Pauline is better than anyone, but you know what? Yeah? Christopher Paolini, you used to live with your parents. So, um, fuck
0: you, man. Yeah. <laughs> what
1: a joke. What a... <laughs> <laughs> um, but... At least two thirds of us can say that. <laughs> yeah, I suppose uh, there's that. So, um, yeah, so this, so this, the book was fine. I think the book was derivative, but, you know, that's that's not bad. And it was a very uh, typical. Look, you know, it hit a chord with people you can't. Yeah. And it is like what, what's what's good. Lord of the Rings is good. Star Wars is good. Combine them, fucking that's great. Yeah. Like we nice talked about in the Force
2: yeah. Awakens, or like at least I talked about back when we did Force Awakens months and months ago. Originality isn't exactly the only thing to set you know, the mm. bromide yeah, by, and it it was a I success. I do think though.
0: Yeah. That said, yeah, I mean that's fine, but like there's. Taking
2: elements, mm. and then there's, and taking, then there's
0: taking elements. <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. absolutely
2: derivative, well, though, what, and it's shameless in that. But it's okay. What is so funny about the film mm. is
0: how the it's, costumes, uh, the film, the, film the acting, of, well, uh, all of that. But apart from anything else, what I what I really find fascinating about the film is like you look at it, and they look. It's it's like the screenwriter would have looked at the book and said, or more the director maybe looked at the book and said, "Hmm, this is quite familiar. Let's let's make a point of reminding everybody <laughs> at every possible opportunity." Of the much better series <laughs> yeah, This is ripping off Like I'll oh, have a scene Of Aragon like Looking up at the sun setting Like yearning for a better life i have a scene Where is like On a tower Talking down to the Amassed Urgles Looking very much like Saruman in the two towers Like I think identical Shot for shot Like the same as that scene yeah, There was so many when it, moments When it
1: came out There was a few blogs That were sort of Dedicated to Showing you this Yeah they were just Screenshot next to a screenshot And so the most obvious one Like that famous one Of Luke Skywalker Looking out at the scene yeah. The two tattooing. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's same placement same like composition same everything and it's just like jesus and you, doesn't you
0: Sophia like oh wow hatch and then fly away and then come back and she's just big it and happens
2: walking? in a literal flash yeah yeah no there's like a flash in the clouds and she comes back doesn't she <clears> yeah <throat> see so that's one of the Shit. big problems i had with the film adaptation that's this is my maintenance yeah. for it what i'd do to change because yeah, i'm not going to pull a game and change everything. I'm going to change everything. Not good. No. In just, like, adapting it as it is, mm. what you do is you don't make a film, you make a TV series. I'm surprised no one's really tried this yet, considering how popular Game of Thrones is. The first, Eragon, the book, lends itself really quite well to a 13-episode series. End of the first episode, Eragon gets mm. Sephira, a couple of episodes of them bumming around growing up, so it doesn't happen a literal goddamn flash. Yep. Then okay. he and Bronn set out, have The stuff in that town where everyone first uses magic, have that stuff in the town with Bronze Old Mate. Mm-hmm. Is that Tien? Tien, that's right. Tien. Definitely Ooh. starts with the T. so let's go with let's that. Go with I
1: remember it, it was like T I apostrophe A N or some shit? Awesome. Yeah. yeah, wasn't. It? Exactly.
2: There were a lot of dumb names. <laughs> Tien or whatever. Bron, Bron getting captured, mm. a few episodes there, setting across the desert with Murtog. Big battle sequence round at right the season. Robert's your father's brother. It's, yeah. that's how you do it. I'm surprised no one has, considering the popularity of something like Game of Thrones. Because with Aragon, as, as 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 we've said, it's derivative and it's an original, but it is this big fantasy world mm. that you can adapt and sell to a massive audience. Because unlike Game of Thrones, this can be seen by people of you every age. It, it could be a really good like, um children's it, yeah.
0: Show. I was like, this is very kid friendly. Well, I mean, yeah. wasn't like the uh, I haven't seen it, but the um the Merlin TV show on BBC a few years ago. Yeah, that mm. was like apparently was really successful for like hitting that same like Doctor Who family like Saturday evening yeah, it was tea pretty time fun. sort
1: of. I it was, was not wasn't a great. fan of it. I didn't I haven't seen it so I don't know but I, I just didn't like the it. CGI. wasn't very good I but like how, I don't know what the, the, I can't quite put this into words but the quality of how it was filmed like, just the, the resolution of it it's all. It's like... I it's didn't like it. I what it is is the production right design, and me.
2: Aragon, the film, has this production design problem as well because they're really cheap, very cheap. Oh, yeah. That's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Though, Sephira did look quite good.
1: Sephira looked quite good. I just hated how they... Uh, was it? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but they communicated telepathically. Yep. So yes. there was a lot of scenes... Of everyone just standing awkwardly <laughs> around a boy and his dragon, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. and okay,
2: cool. poor Ed Spiller's is not a charismatic actor. No, he, he is can't not. do that. He was fine in Downton Abbey. I was watching that one day. He turned up. I was like, "Fucking hey. Aragon, what are you doing, <laughs> mate? Hey.
1: What are you doing here, Aragon?" All right. A TV series would lend itself quite quite nicely to this.
2: And I'm really it's, it's... surprised that no one's jumped on it yet. It is a family friendly Game of
1: Thrones. Yeah, you can yeah, sell and... the
2: shit out of this. It's like it's it's. Money.
1: It's money right there. Yeah. Even like even a cartoon. Something a cartoon, like that. Fine. So, yes. Well, I've
0: rewritten the whole thing. Yeah. Um,
1: so is this kind of like uh re- re- rewrite the whole thing so like you know it's now following the the adventures of Gabe and his dragon or <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Maybe. All right. Um no. oh, okay. name might now start with a G, but, yeah, hey, but
2: whatever. Whatever,
0: it's fine. It's fine. It's still yeah. the same it's story. Right, it's I mean. good. Um no it's, it's...
2: settling for Garagon. Okay, good.
0: so basically um, Straight off the bat, this is probably going to piss people off because I'm assuming, you know, there are Christopher Pallini purists out here who are already, like, composing their angry tweets and emails to us for – and right. particularly for, you know – I'd be with. surprised, but okay. Well, maybe.
2: Mm. People – I honestly like think the only person that will will be Chris. Maybe
0: he's not really doing anything else at the moment, so, you Probably know.
2: not, um, and he doesn't need
0: to. But, look, what, what, I've, what I've essentially tried to do is to maintain – the essence and the spirit of Aragon, while turning it into something <laughs> mm. that, you know, George Lucas couldn't justifiably sue you for. Yeah. So, um, look broadly, very broadly, it's the same plot because when you boil them down to the bare essentials, all heroes journey stories are more or less the same thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, Aragon's especially derivative in terms of its beats and its characters. And just so, you know, I think I've established in the start of this, I am more or less approaching this as a fan. So I am trying to hit the same major beats and include the favorite characters in mm-hmm maybe slightly different ways, but more or less, you know, Mm. think of it more as a rearranging than as a total rewrite. Mm -hmm. I've also tried to, like, make it a little bit more – just because, like, it's – I kind of think, you know, earnest high fantasy really – like, Lord of the Rings was the earnest high fantasy that worked. Mm -hmm. I think to make a successful high fantasy film – in a post-Lord of the Rings world. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones has been the first fantasy mm-hmm. since Lord of the Rings that was successful because it is subversive. It's gritty and it's realistic, whereas Lord of the Rings is very fantastical. So I tried to make Eragon, my Aragon, like a little bit more self-aware and a little bit more subversive. And I've actually taken a bit of like inspiration from the first Pirates of the Caribbean, of all things. No? Um, okay. Just to make it a little bit more jokey, a little bit more like, doesn't take itself so, so seriously. It's more fun. Swashbuckling. Yeah. I've tried to make it like more of a fun swashbuckling film where you've got a couple of moments where you're like, oh, that's what's gonna happen. Oh wait, no, and it's it's going to, so yeah, anyway, I'll, okay, so first up, we're not going to open in Carver Hall. Uh, we're going to open in Tien, All right. the city from the book. And this is, this is where we meet Aragon. but he's not actually quite how he was at the start of the first book and movie. He's a little bit more Han Solo. Imagine Aragon is like a street rat, he's a pickpocket, he lives secretly in this loft above a barn, and he spends his days robbing rich people, chatting up the girls, and basically being a bit of a scoundrel. But a fun cool. scoundrel. Like Aladdin, yeah, I'm very much thinking Aladdin. But we also kind of get the impression as we sort of get introduced to him in the early scenes that he isn't exactly happy. We see a lot of him, like, sitting in his cramped loft alone, and there's a, there's a sadness to this guy, like a sadness that we can't quite place. So it's also through these early scenes that we learn that Aragon has one prized possession, one he keeps hidden, a big blue stone. And this is the only thing that he seems to care about. We get a sense that he's quite reckless, not necessarily has a death wish, but like you know, he's a bit devil may care. But when it comes to stone, maybe we have a couple of early establishing scenes of like him going out of his way to protect the stone okay. if like somebody comes looking for their money or whatever. Anyway, yeah, I'll save that for the screenwriters who remake Aragon, because okay. um, I'm not doing it. <laughs> uh, so one day, Aragon's going about his illegitimate business, and he catches sight of an older man buying some food from a local stall. And as he watches the money get exchanged, he kind of realises that despite his humble clothes, this guy has quite a bit of coin on him. So Aragon follows him. The man moves very quickly throughout the crowd. Eragon almost loses him a few times, but eventually he manages to get his hand on the money bags. And very pleased with himself, he returns home, only to find the older man waiting for him with a smile. You're good, boy, he says. Not good enough. If it was me, I would have figured out my trajectory and followed on a parallel street. As it was, you kind of gave yourself away too early. And Aragon kind of tries to play dumb, but the older guy's having none of it. Finally, he tells Aragorn just hand over the money. He's in a hurry. He doesn't have time to mess around. Aragorn keeps denying he has the money. Finally, the older man draws his sword. He doesn't want to hurt the kid, but there's a lot at stake and he Mm -hmm. can't waste time. Aragorn, for his part, kind of stares at him momentarily a bit scared. And then quickly he steps back and punches the roof and an old sword falls down from where it was concealed. (laughs) And Aragorn grabs it. The older man is kind of more exasperated than anything at this point. He's like, "Suit yourself." And the fight begins. So this is very much Will Turner and Jack Spann, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So they're they're fighting. They're they're up in like the the hayloft part of the barn. And there's not much animosity. There's probably like a bit of banter going on between them. The older guy's clearly better, but Aragon holds his own quite well. And the older man's like quite impressed. And you know, he's like, "What's your name, boy?" And he says, Aragon. He goes, "I'm Brom." Aragon goes, "I don't care."
1: <laughs> and
0: the fight sort of continues for a bit. And Brom finally overpowers Aragon, gets him up against the wall, disarms. A sword to him, but as Aragorn falls back against the wall, he slams into it and his secret compartment falls open, revealing the blue stone. Mm. And Brom is suddenly staring at the blue stone, totally transfixed. And the fight's forgotten. Brom just can't tear his eyes away from it. And while usually Aragorn would take this chance to overpower him or get out, something on Brom's face stops him. Some combination of pain and yearning and even maybe joy? And then all hell breaks loose. The loft blows apart about them. The floor collapses from under them. Aragon barely manages to grab the stone as he and Brom tumble down through all the wreckage. The wood is caught fire and they stagger out, finding themselves surrounded by Urgles and leading the fray is Durza, the Shade. Aragon kind of steps behind Brom, shielding the rock. Durza smiles. Hello, Durza, Brom says. What a day, Durza replies. One Varden agent already silenced, another one about to follow. The fight breaks out. Urgles surround Brom and Aragorn runs. He just, he just bolts. And looking back, it quickly becomes obvious that Brom was going easy on Aragorn because this man is clearly a blademaster and he's outnumbered, but he fights with ease. Aragorn kind of watched him for a moment, a bit transfixed, a bit impressed, but none of his business. He keeps running. And then he stops and he looks down at the rock. Something stops him. Something sticks in his mind. Maybe it was the look on Brom's face. Maybe it was hearing about the Varden. Maybe it's just his innate decency, but Aragorn turns and goes back. The specifics here aren't important, but Eragon can't fight the way Brom fights, so let's, let's say that he uses the skills we've seen him put into practice at the start, and he causes a diversion. Maybe he redirects the fire or something that gives Brom a chance to escape Durza and the Urgles. and the two men slip out into the night. On the outskirts of the city, Brom buys two horses. Eragon says, I'm not going anywhere with you, but Brom doesn't listen. He's in now, and if Durza saw his face or the stone, he's as good as dead. So there's no choice. Eragon and Brom ride out together. And once they're well away from the city in the wilderness, they make camp, and there are questions that need to be answered. Most pressing of all from Brom, where did you get that stone? And Aragorn won't have any of it. Who is this guy? Is he really a member of the Varden? Why are the Urgles after him? And Brom's response is pretty dry. I'm with the Varden, and the Urgles are after me because of that. It's- Pretty straightforward. <laughs> like,
2: like that's what it is. I'm a, yep, like, yep. That's I'm, that,
0: that. That's your questions answered. One man.
2: plus one. Come on,
0: big head. Yeah. So you know he can give he can give Aragon a bit of shit. Like we make Brom quite like quite dry and quite snappy and sort of you know give him a bit of shit there. Now Brom's like now nah, the stone. Don't lie to me. And for some reason, maybe some innate trust Aragon has in Brom, he tells him the truth. I and mean, we get maybe we can see some of this in flashback. But we find out that Aragon, much like in the original story, found the stone on the outskirts of his old town while hunting two years ago. Uh, he lived with his uncle and his cousin, and they were very poor. And his uncle owed money to Sloane, the butcher, who I'm going to turn into the mayor of the town. Cool. cool. And Aragon figured the stone would be a good way to pay the debt. But Sloane said it would only account for half of the debt. So Aragon, sure it was worth more than that, refused and left, only to have Sloane later raid their farm with a couple of thugs looking for the stone. And in the ensuing fracas, his uncle was killed, and Aragorn and Roran were separated, disappearing in different directions. And ever since then, Aragorn has been getting by in tears, scraping together enough money and training with his sword so that one day he can go back and take revenge. Cool. Mm. But now Aragorn has a question of his own Why was Brom so affected by the stone? Mm. And so Brom tells Aragorn, in turn, the story of the Dragon Riders and about how they were this powerful force before Galvatorix, the evil emperor, wiped them out, and about how he used to be one of them, and about how he works with a special division of the Varden dedicated to hunting down all the dragon eggs before Galvatorix finds them. He was in Tien following rumours, but he was about to leave because he'd heard that Arya, another agent, had been captured. So he was on his way to rescue her when Aragon tried to rob him. Hmm. Aragon can't quite believe what he's hearing, and if this stone is a dragon egg, that means people will be looking for him. He has to get rid of it. Sell it, maybe. Brom is furious, he loses his shit, he grabs Eragon by the scruff of the shirt. Does he realise what an opportunity he's been given? What what this could mean? Eragon shoves him away, he doesn't want any of this. But Brom tells him that dragon eggs have a way of falling into the right hands. And if he's found this one, and has kept it for this long, maybe it's meant for him. So Brom makes Eragon a deal. The boy's pretty good with the sword, Brom's getting old. So they go and they rescue Arya together. Brom will do whatever Eragon wants him to do if he helps him out. And he will do whatever he wants with the egg, even pay him for it, and to boot, he'll go back and he will help Aragorn bring Sloane to justice.
1: Yeah, even have, like,
0: I'll train you. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. I'll train, you, it. I'll train you on the way, and then I'll come back and I'll help you out, and then I'll do whatever you want with the egg. If you used to still decide at mm-hmm. the end of this that you want to get rid of the egg, Perfect. fine. Cool. Eragon agrees. And so we get a bit of a training bonding montage, you know, as Eragon and Brom travel. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, lots, lots more like bands, lots more giving each other shits. So they're laughing. Uh, they're connecting. Eragon's skills with the sword slowly improve as they go. You know, and that night around the campfire, Brom starts to reveal a bit more of his history about the dragon riders. He starts to open up. He reveals he was one of them before his dragon, Sephira, was killed by Morzan, Galbatorix's servant. And the more he listens, the more Eragon starts to take it all seriously. And we start to see him lying awake at night, looking at the stone, just thinking... Because maybe, just maybe, he is tempted by this. Maybe there is a higher calling for him. Maybe Brom is right. Mm -hmm. And then one night, the egg starts to glow. And Aragon transfixed, picks it up. And we have this beautiful scene as he walks into the forest, completely alone with the glowing egg. And slowly it starts to hatch, and out comes this baby blue dragon. And as Aragon watches her, this look of pure wonder comes over his face, This love and this warmth that we haven't yet seen from this Rapscallion kid. From behind him we hear, she's beautiful. Brom's standing there, eyes full of tears. Eragon doesn't reply. He reaches out to the little dragon, wanting to touch her, wanting to connect, thinking that maybe, just maybe... They can do something good between them. Maybe they can bring back hope, and maybe. And then the dragon bites his hand and flies away. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Bob and Aragon just kind of stand there for a second, staring after the dragon who's just fucked off into the night. me <laughs> <laughs> good. Did yeah. you see that coming? <laughs> no. I was like, I was really transfixed. Like, oh, God, no. No, you're going. Um, right? So, so Bob and Aragon are kind of just standing there, like, staring after the dragon. And Brom turns away and he's actually really angry and disgusted by this. And everyone's kind of annoyed. Like, it's hardly his fault. But then Brom starts going on about the fact that... And we can imagine that Brom maybe isn't being entirely rational right now. Mm. Because for a moment he was just reconnecting (laughs) with his past there. And then the dragon flew away. Mm. And... Brom starts, Brom starts going on about the fact that dragons are magic animals, they're very sensitive, even when in the egg, the hatchling would have sensed that Eragon didn't want her, that he wanted to sell her. And after everything, after all the Varden's work to try and restore the dragon riders and bring down Galbatorix, it gets undone because the egg fell into the hands of an incompetent, selfish pickpocket who didn't realise what an opportunity he'd been given, the opportunity that Brom would kill to have again. Mm. And this Aragorn starts losing it at Brom. Because Brom doesn't get to relive his glory days through Aragorn. Aragorn has his own things to deal with, and he never asked to be a part of this. So Brom can just... And they're silenced by a glow coming through the trees all around them. Aragorn and Brom stand where they are, as from all directions, Urgles with torches and swords and axes appear. And then booming through the trees, Durza's voice. What is a rider without a dragon? He sneers. Nothing. Brom turns to Aragorn. You can be more than nothing, he says. Find her. Bring back hope. And with that, Brom raises his hands and blinding light emanates from them, blasting away the Urgles, blasting away the forest. Eragon stuns, then Brom points at him, and suddenly Eragon is blown back through the trees, away from the reconverging ergles, away from Durza, away from the battle that explodes through the night, tearing the forest apart as the last dragon... R- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. and makes his last stand cool. and Aragon, as much as he wants to go back knows it's pointless so he just runs mm. through the night he runs, tears in his eyes until he's far away from all of it far away and all alone or at least not quite because the sun rises and Aragon sits on the rock overlooking the land the tiny blue dragon emerges from the trees looking at him curious he reaches out to her and she says Sephira. And so we get another montage as Eragon and Sephira connect. We watch them finding food together, living in the forest together, bonding. Weeks pass, then months. And it's just the two of them together out there in the forest just living this simple life and getting to know each other. Eragon continues training with his sword, but he keeps obsessing over what it was that Brom did at the end, what, what that power that he had was. But part of him is caught up in this new feeling of freedom he gets as he rides Sephira for the first time. And he starts to wonder if maybe he can just shirk all the responsibility. Maybe he can just stay out in the wilds with her away from the world. And he voices this to her, but Safira matter-of-factly tells him he's not going to do that. Because the truth is that Brom's last words are playing on him. And he's being plagued by nightmares of the Varden agent held in the fortress. Sephira's right. They have to act. Mm -hmm. So, remembering the location told to him by Brom... Eragon and Sephira track down the fortress where Arya is held. So imagine an epic battle scene as Dragon and Ryder, for the first time in decades, fight the force of evil to save Arya. Now, neither are very good at this, and they fuck up quite a lot, but crucially, they get in and they rescue Arya. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, she's a super capable warrior, so the moment the moment she's out of the cage, she holds her own better than Eragon, and together they get out. And Eragon maybe is, like, you know, kind of trying to chat her up a bit, maybe, like, trying to kind of win her over a bit. And he's kind of expecting her to be impressed by Sephira, but somehow she seems disappointed. Hmm. Once they find the way to safety, Aragorn tries to talk to her about Brom, but she'll have none of it. Finally, Aragorn just says, well, a thank you might be nice. And Arya kind of laughs. No, she won't thank him. Not when, he, not when she's looking at this dragon. And now we start to realise that Arya, who is much older, a respected and powerful warrior, always thought that she would be the one to hatch the egg and ride the dragon. Uh... She was trained for it. She did everything right. And now this incompetent fuck-up pickpocket <laughs> has it. Eragon's a little pissed off by this. He did save her life after all. And so now I just want to change the dynamic of their relationship because in the books it was very much Eragon mooning over her and Arya just generally being disinterested in her being like, I'm much older than you, fuck off. Mm, how? Because is not she like... She's like a hundred. few hundred. Yeah. Old. But now I kind of want a bit of a sense of rivalry and like mutual dislike. Yeah. And sort of just bickering and they don't really like each other much at all. But so whatever her feelings though, Arya is still a pro and she gets the importance of this. So she still takes him to the Varden, which she does, and we can have them getting to a few scrapes along the way. Maybe they grudgingly learn to appreciate each other a little bit, if not all the way. And then along the way, they can still meet Murtagh, who Arya doesn't quite trust, but we'll have Eragon kind of getting along reasonably well with him. Maybe like having a guy's own age, they kind of like grow out a bit. Maybe we sort of have like a bit of an endearing relationship here that Arya kind of gets pissed off by because she's much older and more mature than these two. And they reach the Varden. It can kind of play out more or less the same way. Eragon meets the High Command, same characters, etc. But we get the sense they're not too impressed with him. And we have a scene of them privately meeting with Arya. And they tell her that they don't believe this untrained boy should be trusted with what might be the last dragon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Arya, after all, has been prepared for this her whole life. And Arya seems a bit uncomfortable with this, but the Varden urge her to consider the fact that maybe she should be the dragon rider. In fact, she definitely should be the dragon rider. So Aragorn's approached and he is asked in
1: the, for the good of the, <clears> the Varden <throat> to relinquish Sephira. So is that and- the only scene that we have that doesn't have Aragorn in it?
0: At this point, yeah. Let's have like a little prologue okay. scene.
1: We could, we could have other ones. So I was thinking, like, you could even yeah. have that as he, they're having a council meeting, and rather than following them, it just focuses on Aragon talking to Sophia or whatever, looking really nervous or something like that. You know? So we don't actually. Hear oh the, yeah, we don't actually have that. So they have can that scene. It can be revealed. What's happening? Mate. Let's
2: bring in the dwarf mate. So,
1: yeah, like whatever. Like, yeah, just um, having you know, almost like uh, if we, going back to Star Wars, <laughs> uh, why when would you have do that? Um, uh, say the council going in to talk about Anakin, right? And so rather yeah. than us. Going and following the council, we just follow Anakin. So we we're just sitting have there and waiting. The council
0: kind of walking out and saying, "This is what we're yeah. talking about." And Arya's kind of in the background, looking a bit uncomfortable, but sort of looking like she. And you can even have Eragon be like, "Do you agree with this?" Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And she's sort of like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like we imagine that maybe she's warmed to him a little bit by this point, but not yeah. quite enough to say no. Fuck <laughs> off!
1: <laughs> but I'm not. Like, I'm going to. But enough dragon. for her to so be
0: fun. a little bit disconcerted by the whole thing. Yeah. So um. Great. Basically. They ask him to relinquish Saphira. He, of course, refuses. Mm-hmm. Tensions grow, and finally, the Varden command Aragorn imprisoned. We can have like a bit of a scuffle scene. Maybe uh, no, no, Murtagh doesn't help him out. That's important, but he is separated from Saphira, who is furious, and she won't let anyone near her. Arya kind of tries, being like, "I'm going to be a rider now," but Saphira just won't let her approach. Maybe she actually like breathes fire at her, and is like, nah, fuck Sick. off." Meanwhile, Aragorn sort of languishes in his cell, where he's just told to forget Saphira. He is no one. You're going to be let out of here soon enough, as soon as Arya is gone with the dragon, and then you, you can just disappear. Mm. And then, of course, much like the book and the movie, Dozer arrives with his army. All hell breaks loose. The Varden are small and they're scrappy; they're no match for the Shade and the army. Arya desperately goes to Saffira, begs her to fight, but Saffira refuses because we've got to think: dragons aren't really people; they're quite proud mm. and they're quite they're quite yeah. noble animals. And Saffira, is like, no, I, I he's my rider. Yeah, I chose him. Yeah, Marco, so go no? fuck yourself. Like no, you can't. You can't get rid of my rider mm. and then be like, "Oh, we need your help." Just no, I'm not. I'm not helping you. You can. You can all. Burn. And like she can even have a line where she's like, "You can all burn mm. for, for all I care." I think maybe the idea that like the dragons are almost a little bit aloof and a little bit separate from all of this. Mm. And Sphera's just like, "No, I don't care." Like mm. if you don't it's, give it's me, not my rider, war. It's not it's my exactly. War. It's not my war. Whatever. So at this point, we actually have Murtai helping bust Aragon out. It's a bit of a fun scene where he like gets, and maybe they both fuck up a bit, but Murtai gets him out, and. Together, they run through the fighting, and maybe Murtai gets hurt, but he urges Aragon to go on, which he does, fighting Sephira. And so together, they come together, and they join the fray. They turn the tide of the battle, working in sync with each other. We, they drive back the Urgals, and finally, in one last clash, Sephira kills Durza in a blast of fire. Mm. The battle is over. The Varden are more or less alive, and finally, they all bow down to Aragon.
1: Mm.
0: Arya approaches him from the crowd, and she embraces him, and she apologizes. He belongs with Sephira. He is a dragon rider, and with him, they can defeat Galbatorix. Eragon and are told to rest as the council of the Varden convenes and prepares for their next step. So you maybe have a bit of a sequence where maybe like, you know, the Varden are mapping out their strategies, they're planning for the war ahead. Maybe there's a monologue from uh, the leader of the Varden talking about, you know, the, the future ahead of them and the dark times ahead and how they're gonna with the with the light of the Dragon Riders they can take down the Emperor and well, whatever. Anyway, big inspirational speech. They're talking about their plans for the war, a war they might now have a chance of winning. With a Dragon Rider, there is hope again. Arya is sent to get Eragon, except Eragon's gone.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And we cut to a small, humble town, where a vastly (laughs) overweight man is presiding over the hanging of an alleged thief. And as he prepares to give the sentence, he's interrupted by thunderous sound from behind. And he turns to be confronted with an impossible sight, a very familiar farm boy on the back of a huge dragon. Hello, Sloane, Aragon says with a grin. Remember me? The end. Credits. I like
2: a lot that Han Solo goes, at the end of the film, goes to Jabba the Hutt yeah yeah <laughs> like i just i just kind of thought like
0: wouldn't it be fun if like instead of the ending being like this yeah now we're going to go on to the next adventure with aragon being like no no personal no i'm gonna go do this instead
1: yeah i know and also when he, he's running through with the help of murtog uh, Murtag, and he sort of uh, reached the dragon they can be at this like the like why aren't you fighting it's like well they told me blah, blah blah and they can have a bit of a dialogue there to even then have you know aragon and Sephira be like well let's just fuck off yeah. And then yeah. be like, no, no, you have to help us. You have to. And then, yes. then they had a bit of a, you know, back and forth of like very, very, you know, very short strokes, of, Yeah. Like, you know, you need to help us because they will kill you or help us out, please.
0: And he can kind of be like, I, I like the idea that I just want to give Eric on like a little bit more of that like Han Solo vibe to him. Yeah. And where... like, if
1: we're using against Star Wars, it's like, I love a little yeah. archetype. Let's focus on uh, what happens it. if um, Han Solo was the chosen exactly. one. Exactly. And he's just like, I don't really give a shit. With dragons. <laughs> it is fun
2: to <laughs> see a Star so Wars without Luke. Look- yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So yeah. you have that where it's like, all right, cool. That's the sort of like, you know, if, if Han Solo was the one that was like destined to do it all. And if he's that kind of a character, that lends itself to these little, little subversive moments where you think it's
0: going one way and then it just like at the mm. end where you're like, yeah, we're going to go off, march off to war. No, everyone's fucked off. Or exactly. the bit with
1: Sphira where it's like, oh, we have this beautiful tender moment with the dragon. No, she bites the hand and flies away. No, like, Or even even something like um, for that, when like she goes, like she has like, you know, like, little animals that have little love nips, like cats. yeah, that they love yeah. He can do the, She can do the love bite. He just like rears back and smacks on the nose. Yeah, even very, that. Really like, mm, no, bad. And then then, and then she flies away. Then and, flies, and, that... and then then calls Bron to be like, "You don't fucking hit a dragon." Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Then... And in fact, I like that actually more. He
2: to be so shocked. That can be when he walks. And says, you don't punch dragons, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like yeah. I have. I'd love to have heaps of little lines like that, where particularly from Bron, where it's kind of like these. I like the idea that these characters just aren't very good at what they're doing. (laughs) Like, you know, Brom is and Arya is, and that's fine. But, like, the idea that Eragon and Murtagh and even Sephira to an extent just are kind of incompetent Mm. and they have to kind of stumble through it. And I I actually really like this idea where – because, you know, like, one thing I wanted to get rid of in this is – and so, like, the magic's still there and, like, Mm. that would be something I'd explore in the second one or whatever. But, like, I like this idea that, that just because the dragon hatches doesn't mean it hatches for you. It mm. just means you're the first person, that sees, maybe kind of imprints on you a bit. But, like, apart from anything else, like, the idea that the Varden are just like, no, it's actually fine for you. Like, maybe the dragon rides were more of, like, a military force where people use different... It's not that, like, bond between dragon and rider. Like, it exists, mm. but it's not unheard of for different people to ride different other people's dragons. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, Ari at the end is like, I'm not really comfortable with this, but there's nothing to say I can't be her rider apart from her. Mm. Being like, no, I'm not going to let you ride me. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, and then... And then yeah, so in the end of it, it's like, yeah, they they need Aragon spirit together for it to work and they do save the day. But why would they why would they buy him? Like even in the original, it's like he's just a farm boy. Mm. Like he's just a totally unqualified farm boy as opposed to like this military who've been training for years to fight Galvatorix. Like, no nah, man, fuck that. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't hire him. No. Yeah. Like get someone else to be the savior.
1: <clears throat> and like what, you know, the Aragon film should have been. Is uh, and what this one is is you're not you're hinting to a lot of stuff and you're not showing you know Torex. you're not showing fucking John Malkovich yeah yeah yeah. I think you need to show John Malkovich I would recast John Malkovich
2: I wouldn't have him at all think about (laughs) how much money they would have saved if they just didn't have him in the film.
1: 'Cause like with casting wise, would you still keep it roughly the same like oh, if I you're making you it didn't. then and then if you're making it now it'd be very different, but I think Jeremy Irons, Jeremy Irons would, is fine Jeremy oh, you know Irons, how much I love me Jeremy work. Irons.
2: By the way, still still on for a wrestle, Jeremy. Oh
1: gotta oh, he'd be so good to wrestle. So why? Um so I think he's a very good Brom. Um Aragorn, I think you could cast kind of anyone. Yeah, really? you know, as long as he's like, as long as he's got reasonably charismatic. You know what you should know, do? Flynn Rider. Gender,
2: Tangle. gender swap him. Yeah, have, um, yeah. Actually, exactly, exactly. <laughs> have Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things
1: at eleven. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I wouldn't be opposed. Yeah. Um. Aragon recently
2: not. learned she's British. What more does she need?
1: Exactly. Yeah,
2: Eragon could actually even be a lady. Like it doesn't doesn't yeah. really and matter. And I wouldn't I wouldn't actually mind
0: like a sort of incompetent female Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> like how
1: about this? We uh, change the name. So it's not Aragon, it's something else. It's Gavagon, Eragon, Eragon. Yep, cool. Uh, whatever we can... just write this ourselves. E- yeah, <laughs> yeah You know, just change a lot of <laughs> shit. It's around. It's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It works. It's and he was like, "You stole my idea." No, we stole it off Star Wars. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so
0: um, there's actually it's such a like common problem with movie maintenance where it's like we finish we finish any number
1: of the pitches we do mm. and it's like. Can we get you away just, with just, wanna, just writing that? Like, just like change few names, change your settings. Hey, sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, it's the fantasy setting, dragons, against in fantasy, yeah. so whatever, whatever. But you're right; it is kind of an interesting idea to have a hero, and 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 this is what a lot of these sort of hero journeys have is that that reluctant hero. And yeah. you know, Luke doesn't have that much oh, reluctance at all in Star Wars. It, he's it's very, very much, a, oh yeah, sure, let's do this then. And and so having that in this story, it kind of lends itself to. A bit, a bit better because again, you could have it because what the the emperor of Galbatorix fell how many years ago? I mean, rose up how many years ago? And that's just all happening in the background. And it could be like whatever. This is it's been like this all my life. I don't, I don't care. This is yeah, your exactly. your fight. And the you idea know, that he's like a-
0: he's it's not that he's not adventurous and he's not like mm. it's you know because we still see him like he's a pickpocket. He's stealing. He's you know chatting up the ladies. He's having mm. he's he's and I, I think that actually gives him a bit more light and shade. If like the Eragon we get introduced to at the start is this sort Of happy go lucky, carefree character, but he's actually got like a lot of and, and guilt because it's his if he hadn't brought the stone to Sloan in the first place, his mm. uncle wouldn't have died. So he blames himself for his uncle's death. Mm. Um, all of that got taken away from him, and now he's like he's he's sort of hell bent on revenge, but sort of there in the meantime, so sort he of doesn't have the skills to go back. And then he kind of gets caught up in this war, and he's like, No, this has nothing to do with me. Yeah, I still like, that. I'm I just, yeah.
1: That. And so, then in the, in the inevitable sequel, you can then, you know, have that developing to the whole magic, the war, and all that kind of stuff, and then bringing his brother up. Yeah. yeah um, I, was, I was like, Perrin. Nope, that's not Perrin, his Perrin, Nah, <laughs> uh, R- R- <laughs> So, yeah, this is kind of like, there is this lovely sort of idea there where it's like, no, let's let's have Star Wars based in Middle Earth where Han Solo is the lead. Yeah, in fact, yeah, that, that's that's your elevator pitch. Yeah, that would be this. an all right
2: uh, idea for the sequel to turn his brother up. Roran was it? Roran, his cousin, Roran. Right. Yes. Cousin. Yes. Yeah. Into like a major villain. Well, because yeah, because like, Murtagh- So he's still like the great hero. He is just on the other side of the war.
0: Well, yeah, because like, because I, I just mm. wrote him off because I was like, oh fuck, it, we don't, don't need him. Mm. Um, and you know, there's, there's that, and there's, um, because there's a lot I didn't touch. Like I didn't really touch on Roran in this. I didn't touch on Murtagh heaps because like I'm pretty sure in the book In the he book, gets, he's not mentioned. Like... He gets imprisoned. Mm. He gets yeah because he's the son of Morzan. And I mean you could. I like. I don't know why they would recognize him. So like, you know, it. I think he could get into the Varden and be fine. And maybe like, it's the start of the second one, it gets revealed. Oh yeah, no, he's the son of Morzan, and then how did that I mean, happen but, in the book? He told Aragon before they went to the Varden. He told Aragorn it was like I can't go to the Varden because they'll fuck me up. And then he helped Aragon anyway, and then he got imprisoned. And then I think he gets out in the final battle. And he does, works. but I'm trying to
2: work out I, why I they think. imprisoned him. To like, wasn't he like meant to be the spitting image of his dad, and that maybe, everyone sees him and is like,
0: don't yeah. remember potentially. But yeah, yeah. I remember he's got the big star that his dad because his dad threw his sword at him when he was like five. Yeah, that's right. Or something. Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it's, I forgot about really
2: the. Dark. I forgot about the sword. That's all. What's his name? Zarok, I think. Zarok,
0: yeah, and yeah. Murtag. Because like, I quite liked Murtag's development in the series, where it's like he gets he gets forced into service of Galbatorix, and then the end of it, he's just kind of like, I don't have a choice. Like I'm just, I'm just oh, yeah, him. I'm fighting for him, but like I'm not a bad guy. I'm still. Which is kind of tragic because, like, it's a character who spends his whole life running away from that mm. and wants nothing to do with it and then gets forced into service of it anyway, mm. purely by merit of being his son and, you know, I guess having the genetics of whatever dragon bonding shit it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, don- I don't know how the magic system in Aragon works. No, no no one knows.
1: It's a mystery for the ages. Only no, the
0: great uh, mind of Christopher Pallini uh, could possibly reveal it to us.
2: That's right. They had that language. That yeah, was the plot you know of the, the final book. If you know the name. true name, you know, and that's Galvatorex's big evil plan is to find the true name of magic. Oh, that's right. So he can control magic users. That's it. I forgot about that. Boy, hmm. That book didn't leave much of a mark. No, like, and it's
0: funny because like I talk about it now and I feel like I remember quite a bit of the first two books, but the third and the fourth, I couldn't really tell you. I don't even remember how... I'm pretty sure Aragon like, sailed away to start an island of dragon riders somewhere.
2: Yeah. That's pretty
0: good. Um, which was kind of awkward because I remember that the first book had the prophecy that, like, prophecy in inverted commas. It was like, one day you will leave Allegasia for good. And it was like, okay, Lord of the Rings rip off. <laughs> but, and there was, like, a vision of him, like, sailing away. And it was clearly meant to be, like, an into the West Grey Havens type thing. Yeah. Then the final book, because, like, I think in the final two books, you could see Christopher Palini becoming a bit more self-aware about how much he was, let's yeah. say, borrowing. And paying an homage, paying geez. homage, yeah. And so he started to like, like with the Urgels and like with a few different things. And then there was that at the very end. It was like, oh, he leaves Allegazia because he's starting a, a colony of dragon riders on an offshore island. But there was no reason he couldn't return. It was just, like, I think the like offshore
2: was just, island was pretty close too. Yeah, it was. It was really close. Like it wouldn't be. So it would be close. half a day trip.
0: Yeah, like it was. It was really yeah. close. And he was like, I, I don't remember if there was some bullshit reason why he couldn't return, but. I'm pretty sure there was something, but it was very, like, kind of finished. And there was a bit where Roran's at the end, like, screaming after him. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah, so no, he's. Just turn around. Just, it's fine. Get a boat, like, mate.
1: Just get yeah. get on the ferry. Come yeah. over and He say, has Gay. a dragon. He can come visit you exactly. so much. It's real easy. Just whoop. There you are. Yeah, whoop, come back. I don't think
0: whoop. there was any Off good go. reason why he couldn't go back. I, that, that final book really left no impression. That's a shame. It's, I, I don't it's the, remember anything. The ones anything. I read during my formulative years are the ones that yeah, stuck in yeah, my yeah, head. Yeah. I
2: don't remember anything beyond them killing the Razaks in that big blood church mm. thing. I'm pretty sure that was in the. That the, the storm storm when the they third. rescue Katrina. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah,
1: are you still going to have the uh, breathing of uh, breathing of like the magical gravestone for Brom? Oh, uh, That was quite kind of touching.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, because his body gets eviscerated by Urgles. He gets fucked up. Yeah, like, yeah. you can even have, like... Maybe there's, like, a funny scene where Eregl's like, we need to go back for his body, and Sphera's like, no. He's, he's gone. It's gone. He's gone, The Urgles would have eaten him. Eregl's like, eaten him? He, he can it. turn up
2: yeah. in the final battle, his head on a pike. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like...
0: I think I think even that, like, just, like, a subversive thing where it's like... No, I mean, sphere wouldn't say that because she's a newborn. Why would she know that? But, like, maybe... Yeah, maybe, like, they... Maybe some other character kind of comes in there and is oh, like... you
1: could for, like, the dragon? And he could be like... we got to go back for his body. For food? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Why not? And yeah. He's like, no, you don't... You don't you eat don't people. Eat the, you don't eat the dead.
0: And you don't people. eat I, Dom I, because he was my friend. <laughs>
1: What yes. what's, what's I don't know. Yeah, what's a, a fruit? Explaining, like, the concept of what you can and cannot eat and all that kind of stuff to a newborn or someone who is quite sentient, because I think, at least in D&D anyway, dragons are born quite sentient. So who the fuck knows what this dragon is? So, yeah, the idea is like, no, 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 you, you don't eat things that are dead, but the, so I eat them when they're alive. No, no, no you don't. you yeah, don't yeah. eat. Oh, no. <laughs> I am teaching you bad things. <laughs> because they can even be evident, like, you know, a boy and his dragon, um, but it's kind of like, even even. Because yeah, he's he's raising this dragon. Yeah, and he yeah. don't know shit. So yeah. that can be evident in when you know uh, other people are trying to, ride, you know, he's in the cell, and other people are trying to like you know, no, 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 you to help us get this person up, ride you, like, no, nah, I don't have to do what I, <laughs> I do what I want. Yeah, exactly. You know? again, exactly. She's been raised a poorly, a- and also by Aragon. Yes, <laughs> he yes. has also been raised arguably poorly. Yeah. So yeah, it could have like a lot of a lot of fun with that. I think humor would be really key to this. Because now that I think about it, yeah, Eric, like, Safira is a newborn. Like, yeah, she, yeah, 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 she's learning, but she seems to know a fuckload of information. And in this
0: one, I think you just get rid of. I think getting rid of a lot of mystical bullshit, like the whole the bonds between. Like, I got rid of the whole shit in his palm and everything. It's like, getting rid mm. of all the bond. Like, like, what if it's just, you know, this dragon like sort of imprints on you the way like a wolf might at birth, and oh yeah, like a wolf sort of or... you're sort of connected, but not. Not in any like bullshit magical mm. way, just in a, you know, you just because like Mother Duck kind of way. Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just imprinted. So I, I like some of that magical stuff. And I, I did love the, you know, the whole um, thing with the whole like, you know, blessing of people. That was kind of cool. And I, that was, yeah, that was cool. Um, I, I still like to keep with that kind of magical thing. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not the imprint, but kind of keep the magical stuff somewhat there. Oh, yeah, like, I would I
0: think it... I don't know. I didn't really think about the magical stuff. Like, to be honest, I haven't read Eric since 2006. <laughs> like... It's been a it's while. 10 years. I remember you one know,
2: good bit that I had with the magic where he tried to get water out of the earth and it nearly killed him because mm. you have to be very specific with what you want. Mm. That was neat. Yeah. He got knocked out a lot. He did. He got knocked out a lot. Yeah. Really easy to... I think that's just... I noticed this in something I wrote ages ago as well. Just having people knocked out is a great way to have a scene transition. Yeah. It's also very lazy. Yeah. Well, that's
0: what John 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 Marsden said that. He was like, it's the laziest thing you can do in writing is not characters unconscious because it means they're not awake to report on what's going on. Like, yeah. just don't do mm. it. It's just
1: dumb. And, and you can see so many, a lot of fiction that that does that when someone gets knocked out and then they wake up somewhere else. And I think even in a John Marston book, it happens. <laughs> I I'm don't pretty think sure. ever did.
0: I'm, I think they were always incapacitated, but they were always awake to report on being, like, carried around by soldiers and stuff like that. Because <sighs> sure I am remember, remember, like...
1: remember they might have be been, like, maybe... Oh, could not be to, not to
0: be, like, name-dropping or anything, but, like, because I, yeah, I, yeah, I went yeah. to John Marston's writing camp when mm. I was a kid. And I sort of stayed in touch with him for a while after that, and sent him a few stories. And an early story that had like a character being knocked out and waking mm, yeah, up, and he he's me one back being like, "No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's dumb and it's annoying."
2: Mm. I was like, "Yeah, right. Fair enough." No, like, and, it's just, and it is, and yeah. like, a
0: lot of in,
2: in between, between tears. Uh, films, too. Sorry, in between tears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, all right, Mr. You're <laughs> fine. Don't it's want. fine. It's uh, fine. But yeah, that is it is kind of lazy because I know Brom taught him magic along the way, didn't he? Mm. Yes, mm. Yeah, oh, sort, sort of. of. I think he.
0: Eragon accidentally used it when he said "Brazinga" for the first time mm. when they were fighting at some, and then he got knocked out. Um, yeah. Which happens a lot Nailed in it. the book.
1: Yeah. and always so for like three or four days like, I'm
0: pretty sure people don't pass out for three or four days in real life yeah. Yeah, that's super bad much. for that's, you
1: yeah that's that's, that's, that's when because you... that's the big problem <laughs> in terms of a lot of film is like smack in the head they get knocked over but no no you get knocked over to the point of unconscious that's bad that's real bad
2: look at any US, UFC fight as soon as someone gets a little bit knocked out the referee dives on top saying no don't hit him he's so done this yeah. is so bad for him yeah. leave
1: yeah. him alone and it's only
2: for like two seconds yeah yeah because you can't
1: you can't risk being locked out for anything longer than that because mm-hmm. it's super bad. It's super bad. It's very very not good for your brain. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So yeah, Aragon, maybe stay awake next time. Uh, yeah. Not not knock out. So yeah. So with with the training of Bron, like I think keep it mostly just sword fighting. Yeah, I wouldn't look. Mm. I, I think because then that moment when it's Bron's last.
0: That's stand. what I was thinking. Like I wanted that moment to be as <laughs> shocking for Aragon as for us. Yeah. Where it's like I mean we uh, shoot magic exists because it's like a dragon world. Yeah. yeah. But then like and we've seen the Shade use. It, but then when Brom uses it, it's like, wait, what? And yeah. so maybe, like, when Aragorn's trading with Sephira, he or, like, getting to know Sephira, he's, like, trying to figure it out. Then maybe that's something you keep for the second one where it's, like, yeah. or maybe he uses it in the final fight. Maybe maybe he spends the rest of the film trying to figure it out and he or uses, like, even, a rudimentary yeah. version of the final fight. Even that or-
1: montage thing where it's, like, uh, with um, Sephira growing up, like, because she can cast fire. And so it's very second nature for her to cast magic. Yeah, And yeah. so he can be trying, like, little pff, pff like try and not, not quite get it right and then at the very final end he's like you know yeah why not and, uh, blurred, blurred, and then and you can you can have up. it and then you can explore it more in your second third
0: fourth Darn, whatever
1: mate. but no I, I wish I could read this novel <laughs> slash watch this film I uh, can go back and read the original oh, I could do or just watch the or film or just, or just watch watch it? Star Wars Oh yeah, well, why we would we Star watch Wars? Star Wars? <laughs> I don't we understand.
0: We watch Star Wars when we when we have Eragon?
1: That's true, and maybe I can finally see the the, the last half of this film. I I, see, I honestly don't even remember the Urgles. I, I don't know when what I was checked the out.
0: You, did, did you know at all? Ah, like, uh, it
1: cause
0: cause would. It I've never walked out of a film. I, it would have been the moment I walked out a phone booth with Colin Farrell. <laughs> I that love that, was, that film. No, no, I was I was ten. I was oh, really you, scared. You shouldn't be watching it. I shouldn't have been watching, no, watching that as
1: that That's one of my favourite films. Yeah, it scared the I shit really out of me. That I walked out because I was
0: so scared. No, fuck. That film was great. No, maybe I should rewatch it, but like, fucking hell the fuck, tension in that. I honestly don't think
2: I've walked out of a movie. There's some things I definitely should have walked out of. But... it's that in spite uh, of... No.
1: no, just, yeah, that film I just walked out of. I, not many other films I've decided to be like, not not for me, but I think it was one of the moments where Aragon and Safira are having a conversation <laughs> and everyone's just like awkwardly just waiting around. And I'm just like, I'm out. Not for me. It's Stood a really, up. Tipped really... my popcorn out. Walked <laughs> off. Just. Like, just imagining you
0: like walking out, holding your popcorn above <laughs> your head, just like pouring it out behind you as you go. Piece
1: of shit. On these poor little eight-year-olds
2: were really enjoying themselves.
1: <laughs> but no, it was it was ah uh, like I I I just. So bad. It was it's just so bad. Film. It is. A I just remembered movie.
2: something again earlier today, which I noticed as a kid mm. watching this film. This is how like cheap this movie is. So it starts off Aragon with the whole narration, giving filling you in on the backstory and like what happened. Mm-hmm. This is Galbatorix did this, and some resisted, and they show a brief shot of chap from Gladiator and Blood Diamond. His name escapes me. Uh, Jimon Hunts. That's Honsu? the bloke. Yep. Great actor. Hello. There's no. There's no food up here. The dog has just jumped on the table, everybody. <laughs> we have him at the start. He's playing the leader of the Varden, whose name I also forget. Ajihad. jihad. wow. And I just remember, I
0: think it's pronounced that way because the alternative is a jihad, which is just not, <laughs> it's just not what a rebel leader should
2: be called. Nope, so- a jihad. So a jihad, we see him in the start of the film. And he gets stabbed in the shoulder. Mm. And he falls down. He's all crying in pain. And it's meant to be like a somber note saying like people tried to fight back, but were overrun. That in the final battle sequence in the film, you see him walking around, right. he has the wound in the shoulder
0: oh, that's right. oh, shit. from that I stab. I forgot
2: about that. That's so, they so shot, true. So they shot that stabbing for the actual final battle, and then cut it, it, put it back in the side of the film for a <sighs> different battle, but he's still got the, the blood so Lord and the, the scar. And... Oh, fucking hell. That's so...
0: That is so shit.
2: This is an amazing, amazing movie. I remember I watched it with the director's commentary more than once. I can remember this vaguely European happy? bloke talking about...
1: Were they happy with it? Were they like, this is good? Because I know like, the, the best commentary I think he I've wasn't, ever... Um, yeah, he seemed
2: pretty satisfied with it. Star- I don't remember Starship what. Starship
1: Troopers 2. The director's commentary is fucking amazing oh yeah because they're just like we're sorry we wanted the budget for this but mm, we just didn't get it and like oh this character you might remember from the first one how you know he was you know he had a seat whatever blah 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 blah. we couldn't afford a cg this or a prosthetic whatever so now he's just in a wheelchair or some shit like that it's just like such an apologetic director's commentary actually i do
2: remember a few times we're saying oh we didn't really have this in the budget so you know we did something else, <laughs> but he, he talks about just doing the obvious things. Like, so we had her, uh, we had the baby Safira being very cute, you know. So we could sell plush toys. They didn't make any toys for this damn movie, but that's why baby Safira is so cute. And they had, you know, Dozer at the end of this film, not in the book, but in this movie, he gets this big shadow this big magic bat dragon thing. thing that he... And that's just because, like, yeah, we wanted to have Safira fight, fight a dragon because, like you said, they clearly weren't banking and getting a sequel. No, to this thing. it.
1: <laughs> I'm like, like, they
2: fucked it up so much. There's no way they could. And also, like, why Why is Galbatorix? I mean, I don't
0: like. I, I'm not a stickler for like, keeping to the book, but I don't really understand why Galbatorix is in the film. Because, mm. like, in the book, he doesn't turn up to the final book, which is kind of cool because it gives him this yeah. air of mystery. But he's got no purpose in the film. He's just. In fact, no. I, no, I know what his purpose is. And I think it was the moment where I was like, oh, no, this is the film I'm watching. When. Which I was in denial about. But <laughs> it's the moment where he has that great line. Where he's talking to Durs. It's the first time you see him. And he says, in his very John Malkovichy way, I suffer without my stone. Do not prolong my suffering. And it was just this really like, oh, mm. all right then. Mm, I remember him having enough. like coke mm. nails as well. Yeah, like mm. really long fingernails. So this is the point. And this then like, like at the end, uh, he
1: just quickly. Again, oh. going back to Star Wars, Master Yoda, Master Yoda, Master Yoda, who is Master Yoda? I don't understand why Master you keep Yoda. evoking Star. we finally reveal who Master Yoda is and you're like, ah, oh, that's who he is. You know, you build it up, build it up, build yeah, yeah. it up. You know, it's like a fucking, uh, it's like an old old poem or something like that. Whereas, like, who is this person? And it's sort of like, they they spend so long building this person up. Have you heard about Blah? Oh, yeah, I've heard about Blah, he's Blah. Oh, have you heard about this guy? Oh, yeah, i heard about this. And it takes so long to build it up, build it up, and then you finally get that reveal. And that's about how you, that's how you introduce a good character. Yeah. yeah, Good or bad, that's how you introduce a very important character. Gilgamesh? Oh,
2: Gilgamesh? Oh, I'm thinking Heart of Darkness, that's Mm. a novel. Mm. It's the same principle of building up to Kurtz. Yeah. I
0: mean, like, and that's, that, to me, like, I remember watching it and reading it, being like, I remember you read the first two books and you just don't see Galbatorix. And I really and I was like, well, so, and then I watched the film and I was like, oh, so, there like, there he is. He's, so I'm guessing there's nothing exciting yeah. waiting for for it with him. And, then, like, mm. I remember at the end of the film particularly, it's like if they were in any way considering a sequel, like the end of the film, which I don't think they were, <laughs> but at the end of the film where he, like, he cuts away his flag or his map and reveals yeah. Shruken and his dragon behind there and it's sort of implying now he's going to join the fray. And I'm like, well... If you're adapting the second book in any way, shape, or form, he doesn't. So why would you have that? Like, what what was the point of that reveal at the end?
1: Yeah. Did the people who made this even read the book or watch uh, Star Wars? Uh, was
0: Wikipedia around in two thousand six?
1: That would explain a lot. Early days. Early days. Yeah. Early days.
0: Yeah. yeah it was there? Would Aragon uh, have warranted an article on two thousand six Wikipedia? Oh yeah. That's probably yeah. the height of its
2: time. Yeah. Young yeah. Thought mm-hmm. Fiction it was a big. It was a big yeah, seller.
1: It was. So, yeah, I reckon maybe they just kind of quickly were like, oh, yeah, this is like this film. watch this one? Done. And off we go. Yeah. I mean, imagine
2: the studio executive being like, guys, I got it. It's Harry Potter, but it's also Lord of the Rings and Star Wars.
1: <laughs> Wait, is Eric on Star Wars? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. I don't know why we keep making that sort of a... Uh... We talked about comparison. Star
2: Wars a lot today. Guys, I don't know why. Yeah, don't know we haven't talked about Star Wars in months. Hmm.
1: And on that note, I've been Joel. <laughs> I've been Gabe. I've been Tom. And if you guys have any uh, words or questions or quandaries about Aragon or the alternate title, Eragon, E-Ragon. Uh, uh, email us in, sanspantsradio at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at sanspantsradio, or you can hit me up personally. I'm at goddammitzamit. I'm at Moser. And I'm at Tom Edgoose. And we'll see you next week.